G'day Legends, and we're back for another episode. Before we get into today's episode, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors for jumping on board. The Toolshed, Inuji, Restaurant and Accommodation Retreat, and Speak and Share. Speak and Share is a community that encourages one another to start a conversation around mental health. Together, we can challenge the stigma and always remember a problem shared is a problem halved. Now let's get into today's episode, and we're back legends, and on today's episode, I was lucky enough to chat to Red Hill senior coach Jamie Mullone. Jamie started his football journey down at Noble Park as a youngster before getting to the coaching ranks. Jamie was lucky enough to coach at the TSA level, Franks and Dolphins, and Oakley. Now Jamie is still at Red Hill as a premiership coach, and the future is looking bright for the Hillmen. It was a great chat, and it goes a little something like this. All right, Jamie Molo, welcome to the uh, Mates and Footy podcast. Thanks for having me, mate. Yeah, appreciate you having me on, and yeah, it's good to be here. That's it. So, um, how's uh, how's life going in general? Obviously, work life uh, pretty busy, and family life pretty busy as well. Yeah, it is, and it's kind of very sort of stunted at the moment due to COVID. So, I guess from a social point of view, it's a bit of a struggle. You know, you want to be able to see your mates, see the boys for footy, um, and the girls in particular want to be able to do that as well with their friends, especially you losing that time at school. So, but yeah, in general, we're going pretty well, so. Yep, that's good, that's good. And uh, we'll, we'll crack into it here, and uh, obviously, junior days, um, take us back to it. Where did you first start, and um, how did you, you know, fall in love with the game of uh, Australian horse football? Yeah, well, growing up, my mum and dad were heavily involved in football and airport, so we travelled a fair bit, and um, went from town to town, dad coached country footy, mum and coached netball side, so we grew up in change rooms, pretty much. Um, which was you know, a great childhood because you're running around, there was no such thing as phones and iPads back then, so you were just having a kick of the ball, and that's where you kind of, kind of grew the love to play. And, you know, um, it was a different brand back then. It was a lot differently coached, it was a lot differently played, but it was still exciting to watch. And um, so that's how I started. And then from there, we settled, we used to live in Mulgrave. So, and we had a few mates in Old Park Footy Club, Junior Club. So I ended up heading over there, started playing my junior footy with Noble Park Juniors. Um, fantastically run junior football club, huge football club. And through that, we kind of went from year to year. It was a very successful team. And if you look at how sides are trying to build their teams now, keeping kids together to go in their senior mix, that's exactly what we did. And so from probably 13s to 16s, where we are in the junior club still, I think we played the flag every year. Yeah, and we won most of those, so, um, and won convincingly, most were premiers and champions. So it was an exciting time, and we made a lot of good mates there. And um, from there, back then, there was no 17s, so you went straight to the senior club, which was your 18s or 19s, yep. and you played two seasons there, or you just had a year out. I yep. So I went over to the senior club, played there. Um, that was really good too. We had, some, we had, I had Doug Spence and Ruben Miles, who were my coaches back then. And very, very different coaches. First year, Ruben Miles, he was just that get in, win the ball, hard at it, you know, uncompromising kind of coach. Um, yeah, Spence was a bit more relationship orientated, I suppose, and just um, a bit more tactical. So that's where, you know, sort of a bit of a mix of both came into play. And we had a pretty good side then too. We made finals both years. And in between that, you were sort of topping up in the twos whenever you were asked. So you never said no. If you were asked to do it, you just went across and you, even if you sat on the bench for the whole time, it didn't matter. You would just go and do that. Yeah. So you'd play your game and you get straight across and play with them. And, um, you know, they're a fantastic football club, very successful football club. Um, really well coached all the time, great players. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, was a, you know, it was a good sort of start to my footy journey. Yep. You know, so, and then from there, I kind of ended up having a year off footy. I was riding my surfing at the time. 
So um, spent a lot of time surfing, went away a fair bit and spent a bit of time doing that. And from there, with a guy called Paul Campbell, who used to play at Noel Park too, and his dad's actually the head trainer of St Kilda Dennis. And, you know, going back to the 18s, 19s years, there was a guy called Eddie Grace who used to be the recruiter of St Kilda. So after, I think, we played in that first final series, I got asked to go to St Kilda. Um, at the time, Barry Graham was coaching, and they were a pretty good side, and, you know, as a 19 year, as an under-19 team. And so I went down there for a couple of sessions, and disappointingly, as I look back now, I probably didn't take it seriously. And I probably didn't put in the work required and all I was thinking about is how hot it was, how I wanted to get to the beach and have a surf and so I kind of wasted that opportunity. Yep. Yeah. So I mean you've got to do those things, you grow up and you yeah. learn. But yeah, so I really wasted that opportunity I could have had to actually have a crack and um but don't regret it. It just means it's another part of your journey that you roll through and um yeah, so but he was a bit of a legend, Eddie Grace. He was a local recruiter in the area and um he's passed away now. But uh yeah, yeah, so that was part of getting into senior footy and from there kind of headed over to Springer Districts. The, late, the girl I was with at the time, her uh, brother was heavily involved and her family was heavily involved. Yep. So ended up playing senior footy there, so um, yeah. Good start to it. And did your old man ever coach you in junior footy at all? No, he wouldn't do it. So no. he did coach at Noble and he yep. did coach uh, back in the day Dandy VFA on the 19s. Yep. So he coached there, but he didn't really want to do that because of the pressure that it put me under. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we played cricket together, and that was pressure enough. So yeah. I'd play junior cricket in the morning, go play seniors in the Arvo, and he was a bowler, I was a weird keeper batsman, and so loved it, though. Like, I look back now at those times, and they were pretty precious times. Like, getting a, you don't realise you're bonding at the time, but you are, mm. you know? So, um, yeah, so no, he didn't ever coach me, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it would have been nice to uh, play cricket with him. Obviously. Yeah, it was. That was so, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, what about your uh, your first senior game? Do you remember where you played? Uh, position or? Just, yeah, position and who yeah, you played. Yeah, I think uh, first senior game, I think we played Bowie. Like, I mean, and it was at their ground because they had that really nice ground. Um, I think I was playing in the middle, which yep. was unusual because I wasn't the quickest bloke in the world. And... Um, yeah, I was more of a backman, so more of a lockdown kind of sort of backman. And, yeah, they, they whacked me in the middle. and actually had a reasonable go. I think I ended up getting three league votes a day. So I think it was just more not having to play on someone. And you got the release. and Jerry from the ball, really. Yeah, it was really yeah, exciting. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he was another. Like, that game, I remember John Blackburn, he was the coach at the time. He was an ex-policeman. Yep. Tough and uncompromising as well. And But, yeah, um, you know, he, Great learning for me as a player, what you had to do to be accountable each and every time you went out there. So, yeah. yeah, so I think it was Bowie. I'm pretty sure it was Bowie, yeah. Jeez, that's going a fair... It's going to make a walk. Yeah, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And um, obviously, finishing up your, your senior uh, footy career and, and moving into coaching, how did you get into coaching? Oh, so I always loved coach. Like, I always loved... Like, back when I was playing, I was, th- I was thinking I... Like, can't remember, I would have been 21, and I coached the inter-league side for Dandenong District Junior Footy. Yep. And I was asked by the same guy, Eddie Grace, who'd been, a, he was at Dandenong at the time at the VFA, and he asked would I coach the inter-league side, and, you know, I ended up sort of thinking, oh, will I, won't I, and then I did, and it was great. And I played this sort of little uh, tournament at Newcombe Road, Springvale, and I just loved it. And I loved the, um, the teaching. I loved the, you know, the relationships you built with the blokes, and... Yeah. Yeah, just sort of, I thought to myself, I do want to coach eventually once work and that sort of settles. That's where I want to get into. Yep. 
and learn everything I can and then sort of become the best coach I can. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. And um, obviously, on your, your work side of things, um, what are you doing at the moment? Where are you working at the moment? And yeah. How's the, how's, the, how's the balance between, obviously, footy and, and work during that footy season? Do you have to try and, you know, take a, a priority or is it pretty much... Level. It's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. good. I work with the Saints now, so yep. I do their projects there. So they're building an aquatic centre at the moment. You know, I look after all the buildings and stuff like that. So, yep. um, so I was an electrician for 30 years and had my own business, and um, that was good and, and had struggles as well. And um, it was about three years ago I went over to the Saints and ended up uh, taking this role on. And it's been, yeah, really, it, it, it's balanced my life so much. It's allowed, and you're in a footy environment too, mm. so it's allowed you to learn slash... Um, and they're great for bringing you into meetings and they're actually learning about what's going on in their footy department. So I coach in their academies, their next-gen academies. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's given me a really good balance, to be honest. And, you know, I, I can start and finish whenever I want. So yep. if I've got footy training, I can start really early and I can get out by two so I can get to prepare and get down there. Yep. So, yeah, it's been good. So, so yeah, it's been a great move moving over there. There's a lot of um, redevelopment obviously happened at Linton Street with the ground getting redone yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and obviously, uh, the as you said, the Aquatic Centre and um, the, the new grandstand. So, um, how, how's that looking like? Obviously, in the, in the next two years, what's Linton Street going to look like compared to what it used to look like? Oh, it'll be amazing. Yeah, look, it hasn't had a refurb in the ground mm. ever. So, this right. is the first one. So. Okay. So they're going to level it back out, shift it a little bit. It's still going to be run north to south, but shift it tad. Um, so the grass will look amazing. It'll be run by or looked after by Marvel Stadiums. Um, so that'll be amazing. Then the Grandstand Aquatic Centre will hopefully be all up and running by AFLWs when the season starts. Yep. And that'll, uh, that was some rules around having AFLW games there. You need a 1,000-seat grandstand. Um, the Aquatic Centre, we're not sure where, how that'll look at the moment, whether someone will actually you know look after that privately or that'll be part of the club so yeah not 100 that's other people in the club take care of that sort of thing um but it's going to be an amazing facility it's unbelievable now um they're talking about adding another basketball court so i think um if you're a player coming into the afl and you know it's definitely a place that will be attractive especially with this area too yeah 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 that's going to be awesome and um obviously getting your, your first chance at coaching at a senior level and that was uh, at Oakley yeah it was correct yeah, yep. yeah how was that obviously is that is that Div 4 VAFA or no nah, it was Prem C at the time Prem C yeah, so, yeah. yeah and then um, well, I'd done a couple of years at Northern Knights doing their talent ID and recruiting side and um, a bit of skill work and then I'd gone to Goose for four yep um, and yeah I learned a hell of a lot and then it came time that I just wanted to challenge myself and so David Gately who used to be a coach who's now you know, does all the racing shows. Yep. He was a uh, coach at Oakley, and he said, bring him down and get him interviewed. And so I went down, went through the interview process, ended up getting a job, spent four years there, had his challenges, because the VAF is a different beast. Yeah, was, there's no money really involved. So your accountability for players, you've got to be really careful how you go about it. Mm. Um, and we had a couple of really good seasons, and we had a really tough season in my third year where we had several injuries. And we went from Prem C to Divi 1, um, which is their fourth. And then uh, we had a really good year finishing finals. Ended up getting beat by the side that won the flag that year, Pegs. And I sort of then handed my resignation on the Monday and just said, look, I'm four years in. They need a different voice. I need a different challenge. Um, and in between that, I'd, I'd interviewed with Rosebud and Seaford too. Yep. So prior, the years prior. 
and just wasn't quite ready to leave Oakley. I wanted to leave him better than they than what we, you know, so get him to finals and and so I did that and was able to tick that box and yeah, just you know, built the fire to do more. So yeah. Yeah, it's um it's, it's a hard caper, obviously coaching as as you would know and um, especially, you know, coaching at uh, Frankston, Oakley and uh, obviously, you know, a bit of time at Noble Park and Springvale and Frankston and the rest. Um, how, how do you find Edge Club individually? Obviously, you're Red Hill now and um, a premiership coach there, which was, you know, a, a long time coming for the for the club as well. We'll touch on that a bit later. But um, how do you find going from, you know, from, from a Frankston VFL to a to a, a, um, a local club as in Oakley, how did you find the, the difference between coaching methods or did you have to change anything up with your methods or, you know, kind of take that step back and, you know, um, tweak a couple of things as you went? Yeah, I think you have to, like, yeah, obviously coaching at VFL level, it's, yeah, very demanding, you know, and Goose is, was, as a senior coach, mm. you know, he, he wants to get things right and we are a side that was kind of on the rise, so yeah. we, were re- we were building a side over a sort of four-year period. So a lot of time was spent, you know, with the players, reviewing individual line training, um, with the coaches, trying to get better between each other, um, discussing how we could get better. Um, so, yeah, I guess when I went to um, Oakley in particular, I wanted to keep the same kind of mentality and keep that same sort of work ethic, but I had to understand it was a local level that there was no money involved and there was no sense of, you know, their responsibilities and their sort of... Um, I guess, yeah, there was other things in their lives that were more important to them. So, you know, so I had to understand that. So if there was a World Cup on for soccer and they had booked in a ticket, they'd all go. So <laughs> yeah. one year we lost, I think, nine players to the World Cup. Jeez. Yeah, and senior players. So they're good yeah. players. So, so yeah, I think you just got to, yeah, reassess how you want to go about things with different levels. Yep. So, and I did for Oakley and, yeah, so still want to keep, them, keep driving them forward as in standards, keep standards really high yep. and keep principles high, but... At the same token, you've got to readjust for every level. So, yeah. do, you, do you ever look back at club at clubs that you coach there and see how they go? Like, you know, you just yeah, all check time. up on them. Yeah, yeah, all the time. Look at Franks, and obviously, we had a few boys roll through there from Red Hill, and um, yeah, they're doing really well. They're rebuilding really well. Yeah, obviously, got themselves back on their feet financially, which mm-hmm. has helped with the playing group. Yeah, um, I look back on Oakley, and they've struggled a little bit. So, sort of this year, I think they would have been relegated again. Yeah. So, um, but at the same token, you don't know what's happening within their four walls and you don't know the players have lost or yep. um, or the injuries they've had. So, um, yeah, but you do because you've got fond memories. There's people there that, you know, were really committed to helping you get success and players, um, you know, staff. So, yep. and, you know, one of our trainers that was at Oakley ended up coming with me to Red Hill, oh, you know, yeah, Johnny Bromley. It's yep. amazing because his son was a Vaffa legend, Trev. So, yep. um, so, yeah, you do. You still look back, yeah, yeah all the time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And um, moving on to your uh, signing on at Red Hill in 2017, uh, obviously uh, senior coach uh, that you are there now. And um, going from 2017 uh, to 2018 and making the grand final, uh, which was the, I think it was the first year that division football came into the multiple. Yeah, is that did. correct? Yeah. 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 So obviously making it to the big dance, 2018, massive day for the Ford Club and yourself and... Um, unfortunately, not being able to get the the chocolates on the day. How did you how did you take that? Or how was the build up to the the actual day itself? And how did you you know get you and the boys ready for that game? Yeah, it was different. Like I mean, because none of us had really really been there. Mm. It, it was kind of a bit of an unknown. And and to be to be hundred percent honest, we we're probably a little bit deers in the headlight. 
you know, as a coach, you try to prepare them the best way they can, settle them the best way you can, um, go to watch the other sides play, get a good understanding of how you need to go about tactically, technically. And um, we played Dramana several times during the year. We'd beaten them once, they'd beaten us once during the uh, home and away. And then in the finals, we'd beaten them quite convincingly. So, you know, you think, all right, we're going about it the right way, we're preparing it the right way. Um, how does that week off hurt us? You know, will it hurt us? And we, we sort of had a few injuries. We were kind of, you know, some issues we had with, say, our captain Marcus was quite injured, um, but we got him up and ready to go, so he was right to go. So, yeah, so I guess we prepared really, we thought we prepared really well, and I guess uh, we lost by eight points in the end, so, and the game could have gone either way, and um, so I guess, yeah, we just, it wasn't quite our time, and you got to lose one to win one, they say, so, um, but yeah, I think we just weren't ready at the time. Yeah, that's it, and uh, obviously if you've listened to my other podcast with um, Dwayne Annabelle, who was the exact same with... When they played uh, Serena in 2014 at Hastings, you know, they were, they were there, they were ready to go. First time since um, 2000. And, you know, obviously things just didn't work out yeah. with them. So uh, it's, it's one of them stories where, you know, you get to the top of the mountain so easily. Or, sorry, um, not easily, but, you know, you climb your way there and then, you know, next minute you're at the bottom, you have to start again. Um, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a hard caper to to do and then for the next year to especially get up and go again it'll be hard for you and the boys as well wouldn't it yeah it was but it was funny because like after that game we kind of unpacked it had a drink talked about it club was amazing when yep. we got back there like they put put on a dinner and a show for us as in it felt like we'd won the game when we hadn't we, we felt disappointed because we couldn't give it to them and they'd waited so long to get one and so there was a disappointing side there, but they were amazing from a football club point of view. And um, the following year, we had a few conversations leading into that year. Every player signed back on, boom. We knew what we needed to go get, so we needed some quality users, so we hadn't got Dean Warwick, you know. Um, there was other things we needed to get, so we hadn't got those players. Yeah. Uh, Angus Patterson came on board, so we got some height then. Uh, other guys were in their second year playing senior footy, so mm-hmm. Zach Vines and those boys. So, And then pre-season, look, I've never seen one like it. We asked for buy-in that pre-season to prepare, yep. and we had 60 on the track on without a word of a lie every night. That's good. And we were pumping Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yep. You know, and players just bought into everything. We tweaked a few things structurally, um, ball movement-wise, and yeah, away we went. You know, and um, yeah, Adam Hunter come on board. Um, Andrew Bryant was doing our development on the tattoo side. Um, uh, Honda and Harry Burt did our 19s. And we wanted every side to play the same way. Yeah. And it was one thing we, we saw throughout that year. And, um, so, yeah, it was an amazing lead-up pre-season and prepared so well. Mm-hmm. And it showed through the season because we lost two games to Kringle um, and our percentage was ridiculous. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, we were fully prepared and primed for what was ahead finals-wise, you might say. And, and going to that, obviously, the, the great year of 2019, um, winning the grand final against Kringle, what a thrill that would have been to you know to lose it the year before then get there and and maybe just take a look back and and how you you got there and how you won how did it feel for you when that final sign went and you ran onto the ground you know to hug the nearest bloke next to you or your captain or whoever it was and just soaking that feeling how was it for you to finally get there and just you know be in that moment i guess it was really emotional, to be honest. Mm. And the first people I hugged was my two daughters because yeah. they came straight to the ground. Yeah, 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 and yeah. the players were kind of already on the ground and, and the coaches that were on the sidelines, Hunts and Ev Lucas, who'd been with me a long time, and Andrew Bryant. And so 
it was actually quite emotional and I think it showed in the straight after the interview that they didn't um, because you've worked so hard to get there and you're not sure how it's going to unfold but to be brutally honest that morning of the game like I had just this, this there was this clarity that we were ready and that we were good to go okay. and when I walked into the rooms the first time at 12 o'clock was our meeting I had a look at the boys when we sat down and I thought and we knew exactly what we needed to say and I thought, they're ready to go. This is it. We, we, we'll get this done today. Yeah. And I had, and it was the first time I've been so clear that we were going to actually be able to win that game of footy. And I knew it would be a challenge. It would be tough. And Holt was coming off 20 goals in two weeks. And yeah. we had a plan for him, um, which we executed beautifully. And that was with an 18-year-old Dan Frampton. He got you know? shut down that game. Was yeah. Up. He kind of went to pieces and didn't really yeah. do much after, after that. You know, he probably had his first couple of minutes... Do what he's here, and then once you you know you flick the switch, you yeah, it changed, didn't it? Well, they just followed the plan. We we knew that our biggest staff for the day needed to be team involvement, so we needed to tackle our way to a flat. So yeah, you know, we did that. Um, we had a plan for Dan to take Holt one on one, but then Lockie Chandler or the nearest backman would drop off and come across and help every single time. And they did it perfectly. Yep. He got one goal off a boundary throwing, which was a ruck free kick, and the rest of the day we shut him down really well. But I think it was our midfielders upfield. Well, their ability to put pressure up for you and not allow the ball in there so free-flowing was what was what the difference was. And, yeah. and our backs did an amazing job. And, um, yeah, so it was just one of those days that you thought, quite emotional, but it was a great reward for the footy club, you know. Yeah. So yeah. 29 years in the making. Yeah. yeah, it gives you goosebumps when you go back to it and you kind of think about, like, oh, shit, that actually happened. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it takes... Um, and, you know, you, you're looking, um, obviously, at the recent grand final of Melbourne and... Um, the doggies, you know, how boys are saying, oh, it hasn't sunk in yet, but I'm sure it will soon, and then eventually it does, and you're like, well, fuck. <laughs> like, how did that happen? Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things, and especially for you at your, at your coaching career as well, to get to that top of the, uh, the mountain and, and be there, it's, it must have been a great feeling. There was a pivotal time the Thursday night before the grand final. Like, Michael Mock, Danny Allsop were coming in with injuries. So, Andrew Schneider at the time was doing our fitness program. And he came up to give them a fitness test. And there was um, Michael Mock, Daniel Sop, Maddie Mitchell. Um, there's four of them that had to do it. I can't remember the other one. Um, yeah, I know it was only three of them, right? And so they had to go through a fitness test. So he ran them through their paces, right? Got them through. But prior to that, I'd rung Snides and said, what can we do different just to get them up and about? And so he kind of said to me, he ran them back getting some information together. And so when training started, we got them all in the group, sat them around, and he did this spiel, like before the before the session, yeah. that was pre-planned by us, and it just was amazing. And it just went on about um, years and the Hillman, and it was our time. And yeah. and I've, I've got it on video. I should send it to you, but yeah. it was just an amazing accumulation of facts and knowledge. Our captain was born exactly a certain time, and it was just all this stuff that you know. Um, the Hillman, like, yeah, it was, it was just, yeah. So, and that sort of set the fire in their bellies. And then from yeah. then on, I just think, like I said, as soon as I walked in Saturday, that Saturday, um, the look in their eyes was that it was going to get done, you know. And it was a great reward for guys like our captain, Mark Salago, uh, Josh and Jake Mould, yep. uh, or Jake Mould in particular, um, Jake Mitchell, guys who'd been in the club forever. And for them to have their lows of being down the bottom of the ladder, to now having the highs of being the top and premiership players. Yeah. was amazing. So, yeah, it's, um, it was a great reward. Yeah, it was really good. And yeah. to see what it did for the community at Red Hill, 
was amazing. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. And, um, obviously, as you said before, the um, first leg in 29 yes. years. Yeah. yeah. So, that's a, it's, it's a fair drought, so to say. So... Um, what what a what a day that would have been, but um, oh, huge, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just nuts when you think about it, isn't it? Even oh, I think it's amazing. Was, I, was, I was watching that game, and um, yeah, just to see you boys get up, and obviously I did the um, I did the twenty eighteen grand final against yeah, Drumana, right. yeah. the boundary, and um, obviously you know my family's involved in Dramana, and just to see to be there in that day to actually see on the ground was was nuts, and the crowd was huge for obviously the twenty nineteen and the twenty eighteen grand final. The crowd was just spread out all over the ground and you know like you couldn't really see any gaps in the in the fence where all the people were it's just you know you walk into the ground like well fuck how good is this oh, i was amazing and yeah. that, that was one thing is they ran out first year on the 18 they ran out of beer yeah yeah time, they did too you know? yeah yeah so but that was a huge crowd 29 was still big and yeah. probably wasn't as big as the other uh to the dramana one but yeah, it was just well, Jamana and us, and then us and Karingal, two local sides yep. from the areas going at it, and with good supporter bases, loyal supporter bases, mm, and yeah, you know, even though we lost to Jamana, I don't begrudge Rick and the boys because they had a really that had a great build up, and they'd done a little bit similar to us, had kept their nineteens flowing through, yeah. um, you know, done an amazing job, you know, with Sam Fowler and Ethan Johnson and those boys coming through the Gertz boys, so I think um, yeah, if you're going to lose. I mean, you'd never want to lose, but to them it was, you know, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they've been a power side all year that year, haven't they? They had, yeah. They were a good side. I mean, and yeah, you know, everyone says, oh, if we had done this, this, but if they had done certain things too, it might have been more comfortable for them as well. Yeah. So, but just a really good game of footy that could have gone either way and ended up going their way. So, yeah. yeah. That's it. There's not much you can do. Nah, that's right. You know, I guess you get the redemption the year after, and yeah. as you can see, your wall over there, you've got your yeah. premiership medal, and... Um, that's the one thing that you want at the end of the day. So. Yeah, I'll tell you a funny story. Like, we were, that year, 218, yeah. I think I won, I, I ended up in getting in the game face, team of the year, MPNFL team of the year, whatever it was. Yeah. And winning, being the coach for that side, and yeah. then I won the South East coach of the year. Yep. So going into the 219, you know, the league presentation night, I'm thinking, I don't want to win. Me being suspicious, uh, superstitious, mm. I said, I don't want to win a coach of the year if I'm in the mix for it. Yeah. Because last year I didn't and we lost a Grammy. We lost a Grammy, yeah, yeah. And then it ended up being Brendan Dunn won it. And then uh, we, I didn't. We won the Grammy and they lost. So yeah. there's nothing in it, I know. It's just more superstitious. But yeah. it was just one of those things I thought, oh, shit, you know. Um, I, yeah, but yeah, in the end, it was great to win. Right, and, yeah. and even going back to 2019, Kruger had... 19s, 2s and 1s? Yeah, all three. All three. Yeah. I think they're 19s. We beat them in the 19s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Yep, yep. And the 2s got up? I think their 2s got up. No, Lange beat them. Oh, did they? Oh, yeah, yeah, they did too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. And obviously the the 1s as as well. So what a day for that club to be there and not not get anything in in return to just rocking up, I guess. I think it's a great tick to their club to get three sides there. Because, yeah. like, I mean, we played, at, our development played them in the prelim and it went down to six points, I think, or seven points. And, you know, it was a shame we couldn't have all three sides there, but we didn't. And, you know, but tick to them for getting more there. Um, they would have been disappointed on the day, but our 19s were primed and ready to go, a little bit like us seniors. Yeah. And and Lange were a really good side in the two. So, like, they, they were strong in the ones. Yeah. So you can only imagine what their twos is like. And... Um, so they end up deserving, deserve winners. So yeah, and obviously probably to rock up on the day and see that you're not answered, won the flag. It probably gave you a bit of a bit of a spark. So look, we're off to a good start here. What can we do next? 
Yeah, and Honda was who was playing in the seniors yeah. was coaching him, yeah. and so he'd got off to a good start. We worried about emotionally or you know, how he would you know, be taxing on him. Yeah, for um, sure. But look, to be brutally honest, I think that inspired him because his grand final was nothing short of he could have won the medal. Yeah. Like Jake Mitchell deservingly won it, but he could have won it as well. He played on the wing, yeah. and yeah, his game was amazing. So it actually, I think rather than tax him and spite him so it was great so yeah, yeah. yeah. just had that extra peck in his seat where he couldn't have gone out and back Let's yeah yeah it was amazing so there you go yeah it's so uh, it's exciting and i mean that's what you're looking to get back to to feel have that feeling again and you know um in a different division in a tougher division mm. in a probably uncompromising division but we learn a lot from this year and you know we know we can take that into next year and yeah so we're excited about the challenge yeah for sure and um, obviously, touching on to, to next year, obviously, this season comes a halt and all that. How are you boys looking for, for next year? You know, do you have any big names um, that you may be able to sign? Or, you know, are you getting any kids back that haven't played in a couple of years? Or how, you, how are the boys looking in general? How, or, sorry, how are the clubs looking in, in general, as in retainment of numbers and blokes coming back and all that? Yeah, good. So, we signed probably 80% at the moment of our local boys. Yep. Yeah, a couple are coming back. Josh Johnson, who had a year off, he's coming back. He's a talent. He could do anything with his footy. He just needs yep. to commit and, you know, um, so... And then we we're definitely looking to recruit. Like, we don't need a lot, but we, we probably need a key forward, definitely. So we're looking at that. Um, and we probably need just to bolster our midfield strength, like our inside mid. So... Because the guys, Chris Irving, are getting older, yep. you know, those sorts of boys. So we just want to make sure we support them. But we do believe within our development sides, guys like... Aiden Marcazzani, Luke Marcazzani, Matty Mitchell, Shay Mitchell, they can all play a really pivotal part in that midfield and they just need to have a really good pre-season and they'll be good to go for Divi 1 footy next year. So, yeah, we're looking good. So, 80%, still got a few to get over the line and we'll have a couple of retirements because, yep. you know, we're, so Sean Holmes might not go around again, Matty Hyden might not, um, but they'll be involved in the club in another capacity. Yep. Um, so, yeah, all in all, yeah, it's looking for... Looking positive so far. Yeah, yeah. that's good. And um, obviously, we'll go back to the start and how you, um, you know, become a coach and got involved. Who was the um, who was a bloke that you most looked up to as a as a coach when you were starting out? Like, who did you you know take bits off here and there yep. to to mould to where you are today? Oh, my dad for sure, definitely. So, you know, he we grew up in a coaching in a coaching environment. So, as in a footy environment. So. He was a very different coach, very hard taskmaster, as he was as a dad as well. And, um, you know, he was a little bit about you know, everything needed to be perfect. And if it wasn't perfect, well, don't complain about it. How do we get it perfect? Yep. So, yeah, definitely him. He did my board um, at Oakley and he did my board at Red Hill for two years. Oh, so the grand good. final yeah. was there. And so, and we'd sort of, we'd, all, we'd just, on the drive there, he knew that we didn't talk. So I, I just wouldn't talk on the way there. Just silence. I was just preparing myself. <laughs> so there was silence. And we'd drive from Melbourne to Red Hill. So yeah. it was an hour drive. And, but on the way back, we could unpick it all. And whether we won or lost, we could unpick what happened. And, you know, we were up to chat and, and all the rest. And um, But, yeah, he, he's uh, a great support and a great mentor. And when I was playing footy, because he was involved in footy himself elsewhere and, and also with work, my mum would take me to most inter-league games. Like when we played like Dolphin Cup at Frankston and that, yep. it was my mum that would take me. And, um, so she was a great support too. But, yeah, he'd, he'd be the one, I'd say, that, you know, Simon Goosey taught me a lot, mm. you know, from a, you know, I guess from a, a standard level, as in, you know, standards you need to drive on a consistent basis. Yep. 
uh, and from a tactical and technical, that's where sort of I started off with zones and everything else. And so yeah, but definitely my dad. So yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. That's awesome, man. I guess you know um, from driving with him to every game, you you know you, you both would have known um, what to do on that day, and then on the way back, obviously as you said, just unpack it all and you know point out key parts that you know you could have done better or you could have been yeah um, improved on or you know maybe changes you would have made to the side. Yeah, and I think honesty too, like because you can be honest with your family. Yeah. And so if even if I've had a bad day at the office and maybe haven't communicated as well, he can tell me, and yep. then you can go, all right, I need to readdress that, um, or it might be uh, things you see or don't see, and because you're so you know, holistically involved in the game, and you might not see what's happening behind the ball or in front of it, and but you got other eyes on it, and you've got to use those other eyes. I mean, you'd be stupid as a coach to think you need to do everything. You need to utilise everyone, and Adam Hunter was great for that. Like, um, he was amazing that they'd come, a lot of times in my first year, 218 at Red Hill, they'd come from the ground want to talk to me straight away. Yep. So then Adam goes, no, we'll put a cone 20 metres down there. And when they come off, they walk down there with a water bottle and they walk back, yep. right? He'd walk with them and walk back. And in between... They'd I did have, see this, yeah. Yeah, so this in between, they'd have clarity on what they wanted to say. Yeah. Rather than coming off heated, emotional, yeah. and then just boom, and then I'm trying to watch the game... They'd actually get clarity on, all right, do I really need to say that? Or is it just something on... So it was a fantastic addition, and that's where you're utilising your assistant coaches. Yeah. And, you know, you're, you're not just having them there for show, you know. And um, he was great like that, Hunts, and he was doing that midfield at the time. Mm-hmm. And so he was watching his line, and, but, and that was a heavy least rotated, so they would come off them more often. But, yeah, so that was a really good part. And then Dad was doing the board, so he'd see the rotations and... Um, you know, if a bloke was coming off too soon or too late, or they weren't coming off at all, we'd have to tweak that during all uh, the yeah. year. So, and it, you know, Ever Lucas has been with me a long time. He did that forwards, and um, so you've got honest conversation. And yeah. I think that's important, you know. So, because you don't want to be patted on the back all the time, you want to be told the truth. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I think um, also thinking outside the box with you know what Hansi was doing, with walking up with him and chatting and saying, you know, you're doing this well, you're doing this well, but you know, you can improve here and you. Defensive fifty or your blocks or your tackle, whatever it may be, I think it's good also that um, he's getting that honest feedback from the player, and then it's it's coming yeah. to you as well. So you're looking at you know the assistant coach side, what they're saying, but you're also looking at the the player side and, and what they're thinking on the day as well. Yeah, it was great. Like you know, Andrew Bryant did our rucks, so he just focused on the rucks. Yep. Um, yeah, Michael Mock was doing our backs at the time. Hunts we had the biggest role from our midfield point of view. But it was. He could unpack it on the way up and back to that cone. Yeah. And then he could give me the info that I need rather yeah. than just a whole heap of info. Literally, you know, and yeah. so and then into the huddles at each of the breaks, he could actually give them the info they need mm. based on what the conversation had happened. And that allowed me to focus on ball movement system, how we were defending. So yeah. Yeah, it was such a good mix, you know, and um, yeah, he's a he's an unbelievably good bloke as you know, but yeah. and a good football person. But um, yeah, he became a really. He still is a really good friend. So yeah, yeah. and I, I do want to touch on Hunts because obviously he's he's been through quite a bit. Yeah, um, obviously uh, Premiership player at Dramana, but was there for years when you know they were struggling, and then obviously finally got to uh, twenty thirteen, won a flag, and um, you know to, to come on board with you guys. How, how do you see him as a as a player? Back in the oh, day, as a player, he was a warrior, mate. Like he was, yeah, definitely. he was. He was. He was one of those players that, you know, just was told. It just didn't, went and did, you know, and um, led by example on the field. Yeah. Um, but from all reports, from people who coached him and people who played with him, mm. 
his uh, work ethic as a, tra- a training and game day was unbelievable. You know, so and considering he was struggling with diabetes yep. from 18 years old and other issues that were going on around yeah. him, or personal tragedies, and yeah. Um, yeah, his ability to impact the NPNFL, he's a legend in the NPNFL. He is, you know. So and there's no easy, there's no other way of saying it that he's a legend in the NPNFL. And Red Hill, we were lucky to get him, and I met him the year prior at a function, yep. and we just got along really well. And so I touched base with him, and he said, "Yeah, I'll turn." So he ended up coming up and. Um, yeah, he was an amazing um, addition to the coaching staff and, yeah, hopefully one day he's back. So, back yeah. That's it, that's it. Awesome. Well, Jamie, thanks for coming on the podcast. Um, it was a really good chat just to see, you know, what your uh, footy life and coaching life is like and um, definitely get you on again soon. If you win another flag down the track, it'd be great. That'd be good, mate. That's awesome. the plan. So thanks for having me on. Appreciate <laughs> Hey legends, and thanks for listening to another episode of Mates and Footy Podcast. If you haven't already, give us a like on our socials on Facebook and Instagram at Mates and Footy. And also remember to check on your mates, and we'll see you guys soon. Cheers.